0: Marvelicious Toys is brought to you in part by Big Bad Toy Store where you can pre-order the newest waves of Hasbro Marvel Universe, Marvel Legends and Marvel movie action figures with foreign toys high-end statues, prop replicas hot toys and more Big Bad Toy Store is the first stop for Marvel collectors plus check out their other great toys and collectibles and use their bag of loot to save on shipping find it all at BigBadToyStore.com Welcome to Marvelicious Toys, coming to you from San Diego Comic-Con International. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. Be sure to come to MarveliciousToys.com, where you can see hundreds of pictures of items shown on the convention floor. And join in the forum conversation with other listeners.
1: Hi, welcome to our wrap-up show for San Diego Comic-Con. This is Marjorie.
2: This is Arnie. And this is Justin. And we are once again, it's the third year I think we're recording outdoors. And we're back in the sales pavilion outdoors area where, hey, there's arm room, elbow space. We're not getting bumped. It almost felt this year, the con, reminded me of that old Saturday Night Live sketch where they play What is Love? <laughs> But it was a great show, a big show, a lot of Marvel presents. I mean, toys, collectibles, movies, stuff I never expected coming came. The shopping, of course, was the big thing, and we talked a lot about that on preview night, did a lot of playing catch-up. The old man Logan sold out on Friday in the afternoon. We met a listener, I hope you're still listening, sir, who was in line when they
3: sold out, hoping to get his old man Logan. Yeah, that, that thing seemed to catch on. I mean, I'm surprised it lasted till Friday, to be honest with you. You know, with only 2,700 pieces being out there and no limits and seeing people take stacks and stacks away from the booth, you know. Friday was actually longer than I expected it to last.
2: I guess there's 60 in a case, and I've read that people were buying cases.
1: That's just insane. I understand the appeal of this figure, but they really should have limited it.
2: Yeah, I understand the appeal, but when you're buying by the case, that appeal is called profit.
3: (laughs) Yeah, those are definitely going to be showing up on eBay. and I know Arnie's already cooled it, but he might have to re-cool it again. I don't know how you go about doing something like that on something that came out and didn't come out, and now it's actually out. It's like cooler (laughs) 2, the return. (laughs) The return of Cooler
1: how do you know these people aren't buying them for like stocking stuffers for all their kids maybe it's like a Brady Bunch situation and you know you get an old man Logan and you get an old man Logan they're like Oprah
2: listen there's that one Mormon guy who has the 200 children that we saw on the news and that's about the only guy who I could justify getting that many old man Logans and then the kids are going to be pissed I posted some photos on Facebook and the listeners were like wait all the fuss over that he looks like a duck what's with the webbed paws
3: you know honestly I can completely feel that that's why I didn't initially ever feel the need to, you know, bend over backwards to find that figure.
2: I've been over frontwards, so it's okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you bent over all different ways for that one. But we have a big show coming up
2: with we're gonna be talking About sideshow, gentle giant, interviews with a lot of different folks. Kotobukiya went a little outside the box. We're going to be talking to Adi Granov, a Marvel artist, but we're not talking about the comics because we don't cover the comics. We cover the toys. So keep listening to find out about all of that. So why don't we get started?
1: the play imaginative booth and i really just saw my future go away there
2: your future your past your retirement
1: yeah i think that you're gonna end up spending way too much money here we don't need a house we can live in die cast it's rainproof
2: right
3: (laughs) yeah i think you know the danger here is you know arnie you collect the bigger scale stuff i kind of dabble with the hot toys and that kind of stuff these guys have some really kick-ass 112-inch looking Iron Man stuff going on here. And With all that metal and articulation, it, it's kind of scary. It's calling my name, too.
2: Here, why don't we bring the listeners up to speed? I talked to one of the guys at the booth, and he's going to give all the details about the Play Imaginative Super Alloy figures in 1 quarter and 112 scale. And we are talking with Craig of Yes Anime here at San Diego Comic-Con where they are distributing some awesome die-cast Iron Man 3 figures from Play Imaginative. Right. What can you tell our listeners about the figures?
4: Figures are super awesome super alloy. Super alloy is the line because they're all 80 to 90% die-cast metal alloy, fully posable, some of them go up to 50 points of articulation. We're going to have the 12th scale, which can be about 6 inches high, and as well as the quarter scale, which will be about 8. Those are the big boys. And uh, we're going to have a lot of them coming out next month. And they're just really great figures. They all have five-point lighting systems. They're going to come in alcoves. So you can set them up in their display, build the whole armory in your room. They're all fully poseable, and they're really super high-quality figures.
2: Now, the alcoves and the lighting system, you're referring specifically to the quarter-scale ones.
4: Yes. Uh, I'm sure the uh, the 12 scale will have some sort of display. I'm not sure if it's going to have the same alcove, but it should have something pretty similar to that.
2: And to really drive it home, these quarter-scale figures are indeed figures. These aren't statues. These are completely posable, articulated.
4: That's right. These are not toys. These are 15 and up, collectible figures, and they're just really play imaginative. Stress is the high quality. Not a lot of people are doing the die-cast metal anymore. A lot of people, like Hot Toys and Sideshow, they're doing the, the vinyls and plastics, and we're all about old-school, real solid metal feel.
2: Now, how durable is the paint on the die cast? I mean, I know that some die cast, you just bump them slightly, and because of the paint adherence to the metal, it can chip.
4: Well, Play Imaginative is really great with testing. They do extensive testing with oxidation and all of the electronics, and they make sure that all the paint is nice and durable. A lot of these are prototypes now, so when they come out finalized, they're going to be, you know, just perfect, immaculate figures.
2: And you're starting off with four quarter-scale figures and five
4: 12-scale figures? Uh, Right now we have two quarter-scale. We have the Starboost and the War Machine. And we have three 12-scale figures, the Mark 42, Iron Patriot, and War Machine. And those will be coming out the end of next month. Great. And then you've got a couple more coming out in September then? Around September, we'll have the Starboost, the Heartbreaker, and the Iron Patriot in the quarter scale. And the Iron Patriot and War Machine will come with interchangeable heads of James Rhodes. And it looks just like Don Cheadle. And the Iron Man suits are going to have Tony Stark. It looks just like Robert Downey Jr. And they're going to have a magnetic faceplate. So you can take the faceplate off and see his face when they're inside the helmet.
2: Are the faces going to be die-cast,
4: do you know? They will probably be mostly vinyl to get the real lifelike, realistic feel.
2: That is great. These are really awesome-looking figures. And the 112 scale are ballpark around $100. Yes. And the ones that are on pre-order right now are the quarter scale are just a hair over yeah, 600 yeah. like 609 I believe.
4: 609 you got it.
2: Any idea what the red snapper is going to go for? Because he's a big boy. He's going to be 600 as well. Oh, wow.
4: That's a lot of material
2: there for the yes. same price.
4: And it's a really good price. Definitely. For all that quality you're getting and all the posability.
2: And now you say that Yes Anime is the exclusive distributor for Play Imaginative. Where are people going to be able to order these or buy these?
4: You can get them from YesAnime.com. We do wholesale and we do retail. We have a couple of other sites that will carry some of our products, but most of these are exclusive to us. Very nice. Well, thank you very much for your time. These are awesome products. Thank you very much, Arnie.
2: So looking at these, to... Put it in perspective, the quarter scale, that's basically the size of a sideshow premium format figure, only it's unlike the premium format figure, which is really a statue. This is a figure, a fully articulated, up to 50 points of articulation figure. And even the red snapper, which is much larger than the others, only about 609
3: yeah it's they're crazy detailed and you know i'm looking here at the red snapper i think i see heartbreaker there's iron patriot and the star boost armor i mean they're They're all gorgeous.
1: They are. They're very shiny. I'm a sucker for the shiny things and the articulation. I mean, the finger articulation. You can pose their fingers. How awesome is that? Hot toys
2: do that, but I think this hides it a little bit better. It looks a little bit less like the Lego Technic figures than the Hot Toys
3: articulated hands kind of do. Yeah, definitely. And none of them are litting up right here, but I think they all do have light up features for the arc reactors and for the for the eyes and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, there's five lights on each of the quarter scales. The smaller ones don't light up. And removable magnetic masks with vinyl faces that they say are authentic likenesses of Don Cheadle and Robert Downey Junior.
1: The guy showed me a picture of the Robert Downey Junior head. Amazing. Unfortunately,
2: the space armor, what do they call it? Starboost armor? Starbiz. Yeah, Wars. It is an exclusive if you pre-order at the con to get the Tony Stark face, and I'm oh my god, I'm. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>
3: I think even more crazy for me is the smaller ones the is it the one twelve scale is the six inch ones?
2: yeah, those are
3: perfect scales for your Marvel legends aren 't they oh yeah i mean they 're right in scale, but like we spoke about earlier on our preview night show that they just they look hefty and they look substantial, just sitting there behind glass it's it's incredible at a hundred dollars around a hundred dollars each. I could see myself dropping about six bills on, on some of these.
1: hundred bucks is like pocket change, Justin. Come on, your kids don't need to eat, do they? <laughs>
3: Especially here at Comic-Con. A hundred bucks is like, oh, yeah, that's like five bucks in the real world.
1: <laughs> on the bright side, only
2: a couple are up for pre-order. I don't know. Five percent off and free shipping right now, too. So if you order here at the con, I'm going to order something from them before I leave. Is it 12 scale? Probably. Quarter scale? Probably not.
1: I think you would have no hesitation ordering the one-quarter scale if it was Heartbreaker Armor or something like that. I think the fact that it's Star Boost is what's kind of scaring you off. I'd
2: also probably be more willing to get the Iron Patriot than the War Machine, and the Iron Patriot's not up for sale yet. I'm a sucker for the Iron Patriot. If I get one thing from them, I'm getting the 12-scale Iron Patriot.
3: In a world where, let's pretend Hot Toys didn't exist, I could see owning this whole line. You know, these these guys did a great job of picking out some of the best armors from the movies and doing just an incredible job on all of them. But since Hot Toys is in play, I think you kind of have to pick and choose your battles here. And as
2: we'll talk about, the Hot Toys are basically doing the house party protocol. So here it's kind of a little bit different. I'm going to say this, these work so well because they're Iron Man, die works so well for Iron Man. I asked them if they have the license for other stuff. The answer was we want to focus on the Iron Man because it's the hot thing.
1: Honestly in their DC line they did have some human. They had Superman and Batman. Not near as cool.
2: Technically Superman's not human he's Kryptonian but I get your point.
1: Screw you!
3: (laughs) No, but it's a good point. I just, I mean, Iron Man works because he is metal. These are alloy toys. You know, you look at a Superman or a Batman or, you know, Green Lantern made out of alloy. It just doesn't have the same, you know, specialness that an Iron Man does. Those just seem to be metal metal dudes.
2: My biggest problem is the Superman, his joints are so noticeable and so mechanical. And he's almost like robo-Superman. And so... I agree. These play imaginative Ironmans to die for, to kill over... But Captain America, Hulk, I don't see myself even tempted because I'm looking at that Superman and that Batman, and I love the coloring. I love the metallic paint on them and everything. But when you get into the detail and you start talking about that money, I don't like the humans.
3: No. Yeah, that's where Hot Toys has an edge is on good human likenesses. I think as long as these guys stay in the armored business, they'll they'll do good.
2: And the big thing is the quarter scale, yeah, I could hang them out with my premium formats maybe, but they come with the big alcoves. The 12th scale, yeah, I could put those in with my Legends to make them look really sharp and pop as some centerpieces there. If they did the one 6 scale where I could replace a few hot toys with these, that would be amazing. But I'm thinking there might be a licensing issue because that scale, they do it in D.C. It's notably absent.
3: Yeah, you know what, Arnie? You could go all in, and you could just do, like, the big ones, and then you could do the hot toys, stand them right in front of them, and then you could do all the metal alloy little ones and stand those in front of them. You know, have a little nesting doll type of display.
1: I'm sorry. I think I'm going to have to punch you in the face, Justin. <laughs> well, Marjorie scared me because
2: I said, well, why don't we go talk about this for the show? And she goes, hold on. I have to get the Starboost armor. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's, like, something I would say. I, hold on. I just got to pull out my credit card and drop six bills on the Starboost. You meant take pictures of not take home.
3: Yes, that is
1: correct. I, I meant take pictures of.
3: Maybe it's the way they're displayed individually in, you know, these shadow boxes or whatever, but they feel like movie replicas.
1: The guy did tell me that the big ones get a big alcove with them as you buy more of them you create your own Hall of Armor.
2: Ooh. These are made off of the 3D models from the movie. So that's why they feel like replicas is you can't get much closer
3: than this so
2: it's expensive
3: (laughs) yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to just stay away from the bigger ones i'm gonna try (laughs) i'm gonna try Thursday,
2: my first stop was the Funko booth after getting shut out on preview night, denied. I was eighth in line this morning and was able to get all of the five Marvel exclusives in there.
3: (laughs) Yeah, after you missed out on Loki last year and knowing how much he went up for, I knew that Funko was going to be your very next priority. Well, I should have made it Lego because
2: I was denied again at the Lego booth. I can't even get the ticket for the raffle for the Spider-Woman figure. But I was able to get Funko, limit two per person. But you weren't with me. I was texting. You said you wanted a Deadpool. They were confusing because they said two of the Vinylmations per person. They had some Vinylmation exclusives, so I wasn't sure if they meant the Pops. I took three Deadpools up. One clerk said, oh, there's a limit of two. I said, okay, I'll just take two. Then a guy was like, nah, you're cool, you're cool. So he made the three Deadpools, 15 bucks a Pop. They are already on eBay. Bids start at 25 Wow,
3: I'm glad I got my hands on a Deadpool.
2: That's why I made it my first stop. Not because I'm scalping, because I'm not. These are all for me to keep and put two on my desk at work. I got one of the removable mask Iron Man, one of the removable mask War Machine. Those are for my home collection. Two Hulks, two Ghost Riders, and two Deadpools, because three of those are coming to work with me and three are staying in the collection. I don't trust my coworkers not to steal them. They're that cool. That's why I make a spare for the work desk and then got you a Deadpool. And People were just in there buying... like. Two of every single one. And those are the people who are going to eBay, I have a feeling. They were getting the Plants
3: versus Zombies and the Minions. Now, these are the two of every one on that list of 60 or 70 or 80, however many it was we were talking about before.
2: Yeah, I don't know why they just didn't get the $7.99 pack.
3: Yeah, that would have been. Maybe they didn't know about it. Maybe they should have listened to our show and found <laughs> out.
2: One person was asking about it. They said, oh, that ended preview night. You had to buy preview night or before. Uh...
1: Well, we're standing in front of the Kodo booth at Comic-Con, and they have a great spot. When you first walk in the door on the floor at one of the doors, here's their beautiful Marvel things. And I'm, like, super-duper in love with the Juggernaut.
2: Yeah, they've got, now, five different Marvel lines on display here. you got your fine art statues, which are your $200 and up big, detailed resin statues which has that juggernaut you're talking about then they've got the ArtFX, which is the vinyl statue around 125 they've got the Bishojos. they've got the ArtFX plus line now that is what was announced we talked about it at toy fair so a lot of different stuff here to talk about a lot of the stuff we've seen before but some new things yeah that juggernaut he is just as big as the Hulk, he is in almost the same pose as the Hulk. I noticed.
3: Yeah, that's what you notice right away is that they're in a very similar pose. And when they stand side by side, it looks like they might be doing dance moves. But if you face them, it might be looking like they're hitting each other.
1: I actually think that they're backup dancers for Thor. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you pose that, they would look like Thor's backup dancers and singers. Oh, my
3: God, it's like a Michael Jackson routine. Yeah, Thor's got a gem dance thing going on there. He's...
1: And actually, if you look, Hawkeye and Captain America also have a very similar pose. And they're the, you know, you intersperse hmm. Hulk and Hawkeye and Juggernaut and Cap and yeah. behind Thor, and you've got a musical number. Yeah,
3: you're right. They've got, like, lead guitarist type of poses going on with the knee up, uh-huh. you know? I think I cracked the Kotobukiya code. (laughs) Now what we need is a
2: second one with their hands sticking out like Iron Man so that they're really doing like the water sprinkler.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, maybe this Psylocke over here is close, you know, with that second arm. I don't know, it's not displayed yet, but her firearm might be close to that.
2: What's funny to me is they're mixing their media because the Juggernaut's part of the Danger Room session, which is their X-Men line. But yeah, he is there with the Hulk, which is their Avengers series, but they do display so nicely. It does, now that you've mentioned that, remind me of their previous, the Green Hulk, Red Hulk setup that I had going on, where they look good alone, but you put them together and they're really coming together like there's about to be a massive impact.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, all those are in the comic book-ish type of series, you know. It's not like the realistic Iron Man movie line or anything like that.
2: On the other hand, listeners, somebody point me to a Hulk-Juggernaut fight. I'd like to see the person who is the strongest in the Marvel Universe and the person who's the unstoppable in the Marvel Universe. That sounds destructive.
1: So is this the age-old physics question? What happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? It is exactly that,
2: yes.
3: (laughs) Some behind the scenes with Fox, Sony, and Marvel Studios trying to figure out how to make that happen, I guess.
2: But that is nice. They also have another Danger Room session. This is a Psylocke, but actually it's not the Danger Room. This is the X-Force Psylocke. They're really going with the X-Force ones. There was that Archangel that was just amazing, astounding, enormous. So they continue that with a really tough-looking Psylocke. I like the way they did their hair and her scowl.
3: Yeah, she's looking tough. It's a little not as dynamic as some of their other poses, but it's still, it's cool looking for what it is. Well, we talked to Dan Juan
2: about these new lines, and here is that interview. And we are at the Kotobukiya booth taking a look at all kinds of Marvel product here with Dan Juan. Hello again, sir. Hi, Arnie. How are you doing? Good, thanks. And. We saw these at Toy Fair. They're now out. We're looking at the Iron Man 3 artifact statues, the Mark 42, War Machine, and then from the Avengers, the Mark 7. And one of the really distinctive things that I saw at New York Toy Fair was the base for the Mark 42 with the the wave that kind of hides and makes it look like he's flying. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of that?
5: Yeah, uh, for our previous Artifacts releases of Iron Man, they were all grounded. And I think we wanted to try something different and have him actually in flight. And so when we were developing this piece early on using resources from Marvel, uh, we were told that one of the, the major scenes in the movie would take place over water. So we felt what better way to integrate that story concept into our statue than to actually sculpt a type of wave from him hovering above the water.
2: Very cool. Are there any plans for more of the artifact statues in the Marvel line? Any of the movies, any future plans that you can announce coming out from there?
5: At this point, right now, it's going to be the 42 and War Machine. We are looking at what new movies are coming out for Marvel. And uh, we're currently developing some concepts, possible concepts, but uh, nothing to announce at this time.
2: And you've focused pretty much specifically on Iron Man in the Artifacts line for the movies. You hadn't really done Cap or Thor or anything, to my knowledge, correct? Yes,
5: that's correct. We've focused on Iron Man, and that's something we're looking at, something we've, we've heard the fans ask, would we consider a Thor or Captain America? So it's, it's definitely something that we want to consider.
2: Yeah, because one thing, just for our listeners who may not be familiar with your artifact statues outside of the Iron Man line, from your Star Wars line, you do such a great job with the human likenesses. You've done so many artifact statues for the Star Wars line, and... Even in a vinyl, they get such a great texture to them, such a great realism from Yoda to Luke and all the way around. So definitely the Artifacts line is not just for great glossy armor. You're able to do great skin textures with that as well.
5: Yes, I think one of the breakthrough pieces recently was the Obi-Wan portrait. Early on in the Artifacts line, for the Star Wars in particular, some of the caricatures were a bit animated, had an anime influence, but we're really pushing it now to more realism. And I think Obi-Wan really pushed that. And then again, with the Man of Steel portrait, another very, very realistic portrait. And as you mentioned, with using uh, plastic as opposed to like a resin, you can get a very nice, sharp detail, especially when it comes to texturing of skin and hair and what have you.
2: One other thing just to take back is also in the Star Wars line you did that demonic Darth Maul where it was very stylized, very artistic. And when you're dealing with a comic book base, something else to possibly consider with the Artifacts line would be maybe something more stylized like that in the vinyl because it comes in at the lower price
5: point? Certainly. I I think what we want to do with the Artifacts line is to make them iconic pieces Um, so either from movies that fans have been waiting anxiously for, or in the case of Darth Maul, something very different but iconic and just a a standalone piece that really will catch people's attention.
2: And then for higher level of detail and the comic-based statues, you've got your fine art statues here, and you've got your Avengers completely assembled in the case, as well as some various other pieces, a couple new ones. You say that before we started talking on the mic that this Hulk has been redone.
0: Well,
5: the prototype we showed in New York Toy Fair was a little on the small side. So we went back and we just made him a little larger, because in the manufacturing process, when you're making tooling, it does tend to shrink a bit. So we wanted to make sure that he would be at the same scale with all the other Avengers. And uh, we have definitely have accomplished that. It's a really nice, large piece, and fans have just flocked to it. They really are drawn in by what we've been able to do with the Hulk, sculpted by Eric Sosa.
2: And then you've got two new pieces on display here. The first is a Psylocke.
5: Yes, we have our X-Force version of Psylocke. When we had first released Psylocke, she was part of the Danger Room sessions, kind of based off of the artwork of Jim Lee. And we heard a lot of fans ask, would you consider doing an X-Force version? So we felt the timing was right to go ahead and offer that, especially right off the heels of our X-Force version of Wolverine, who did very well for us.
2: Yeah, and you've also got the variant X-Force Deadpool that's previously available. So it's really coming together.
5: And then you're also showing the Juggernaut here, and he is really big. I've been told, and I haven't weighed him, but I've been told he weighs close to 20 pounds. Again, that's just the Paint Master that we have on display, but huge. And again, Juggernaut needs to be really large and menacing. When Eric designed this piece, he had in mind somebody that could you know trade blows with the Hulk basically so if you were to get the Hulk I think Juggernaut could hold his own against him.
2: Is that going to have any exchangeable pieces like I know the Psylocke has a changeable arm is this going to have a removable
5: helmet or anything? Um, We talked about adding a a removable helmet for Juggernaut but at this point we feel it would be better just to keep it on just so there aren't any issues during manufacturing so no uh, exchangeable pieces at this time for Juggernaut.
2: And then you, we're talking about people asking for an x four Psylocke, but you're giving them not one but two four Psylocke's, the second one in the Bishojo line.
5: Yes, yes. When we did our first Psylocke, she was early on in the line, so it was a, a smaller scale, as did very well for us, actually sold out. And we decided to revisit that character, make her into the larger current scale, and just give her a whole new pose. Not a simple repaint, but a brand new pose. And fans have just really love that piece.
2: Yeah, it goes very well with the X-23. You've got them both in kind of the crouch as you have them displayed here. It really drove home that these are a couple of different poses for the Bishojo statues. New ways to have them on display. And again, with the hair on the Psylocke and the sword raised up, it still looks like a sizable piece, but very dynamic.
5: Very dynamic, and I really love the base and what's going on there. Sometimes the bases uh, tend to be very simple, maybe just a black disc or what, or a clear disc in the case of Mystique, but this base for Psylocke is a, is really a whole environment, and I just love it.
2: Yeah, I gotta say, I really like the detail on a lot of the bases, like when you did Sue Storm and had oh, yeah. the claw there and things, the detailed bases really add something to it.
5: Yeah, I'm hoping um, to see more of that with our future releases, More, more bases that actually even tell a story in itself.
2: The Bishojo line kind of slowed down, it seemed, this year. We had the announcement of Kitty Pride last year at New York Comic Con, and then the Psylocke was very recently announced with nothing in between. Is there going to be more development into the Marvel Bishojos? Yes.
5: We actually have some more concepts ready to unveil. It is scheduling with the artist, Shunya Yamashita, to make... Uh, he's a very busy individual, as you can probably tell, so... I think the next Bishojo will be a DC-based one, but after that I'm hoping that we can get back with a Marvel release.
2: And any talk about a variant purple outfit Psylocke?
5: We're aware that many fans have asked for it, so if it's something the fans desire, it's, it's very possible that you may see a variant like that in the near future.
2: And then something in a similar scale to the Bishojo, something that was announced at Toy Fair that got me very excited because we, we talk a lot. I, talk, I see you two to three times a year. And I see you more than I see my own parents, actually. And... I've been looking at your DC Artifacts Plus statues for a long time and saying those are really nice and would go so well if you did the Marvel to go with my Marvel Bishojo's. You announced them at Toy Fair, and here they are, and you just announced this week, the week of Comic-Con, that they're being based off the work of Adi Granov.
5: Yes, we're real excited about this project. We are so lucky to be able to get to enlist the help of Adi Granov. He's a very busy person, as you can imagine. So when we contacted him, he actually had a period of time where he didn't have anything on his plate, so to speak. We were right there at the right time, right place at the right time. And he was able to take this project on. Plus he's fully aware of the Kotobukiya brand, and he thought that we make great products, so it, it was a good collaboration, to say the least. What was
2: it about his art that drew Kotobukiya to him as the artist of choice for the statues?
5: Well, We were looking for a comic artist that was well-respected, and we were looking for someone who would worked in a realistic-type manner, but not to the point where it couldn't be done by our sculptor just a good fit i mean we looked at different artists we actually collected a list of artists and he was at the top three so we're really lucky to be able to get him on board
2: yeah he's one of my favorites i mean the variant covers he does are such hot sellers that i always have to go get those online and so when you announced it was him if i wasn't excited enough for the line already that just completely took it off the scale and you've got the hulk here he's fully painted It is just an incredible piece. It really, it conveys size at the smaller Artifacts Plus scale.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And probably our our largest Artifacts Plus piece to date, I would think. Next up, we've got the Captain America and Black Widow. And our sculptor is currently working, I believe, on Hawkeye. So just like the Justice League, once these go up for pre-orders, you can probably expect one to go up every month or every other month. So it'll be a constant stream of pre-orders for this line, which should get the excitement going.
2: I talked to Adi Granov a little bit about how you did the DC ones. You went very metallic and shiny and everything, and his colors are a little bit more muted, a little bit more subdued and, as you say, a bit realistic. Was that ever a concern for people who, you know, a lot of people like to merge their universes and do crossovers that how well they might display together?
5: Um, It really hasn't, no, it didn't come up as a concern. I I think that, that collectors, if they want an Avengers team, they're going to be happy with what we're doing with this line. Plus, it'll fit very nicely with the DC line. Something just kind of off onto the side, we actually, to compare the scale, we actually photographed Superman with Hulk. And they look great together. I mean, Hulk is just towering over Superman. But they look great together, even though the finishes are somewhat different.
2: Right. When will those start to be available for pre-order and when do you expect them to ship?
5: Um, we're looking at, probably with the Hulk, you'll see pre-orders pop up maybe in the fall, and we're looking at early 2014 for the first piece. Blind does well, we're fully committed to expanding it in all directions, yes.
2: That is very exciting. Well, Dan, thank you again for the time. I really like what you're showing here, and we'll see you at New York Comic-Con. Thank you, honey. And yeah, of everything here. I gotta say, the Artifacts Plus has me the most excited because I'm a big fan of Adi Granov. These things are exceptionally affordable, too. There's no price on them yet, but they're usually in the $65 range compared to the $200, and they have so much detail on them. Looking at just the unpainted sculpt of Black Widow, all the wrinkles in the outfit, and the pose there, it's a little bit less dynamic, like you were saying earlier, Justin, have all the flying capes and everything, at least not so far, but just the detail on these is so nice.
3: This right here is a line that would get me excited. You know, I usually skip the statue type of stuff just because I, I don't have the space for it. I mean, I can always admire the great details they put into it, but... This scale here is something that I can see myself getting into and finishing up a whole team, you know. And when you set out to say, hey, it's the Avengers, you have a finite number of things that you're going to collect. And I can see myself diving in both feet on this one.
1: I'm really surprised that as a like a little ha no one has made the guy who's playing Galaga.
2: <laughs> well, this is the Marvel Now universe. They're going with the gold and black Iron Man armor, and when they get to Iron Man... You know, he's not one of the first ones out of the gate. They're doing Hulk first, Cap, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. They're kind of holding back the big gun, which is, I think, both smart because there have been a lot of Iron Man stuff. With all the Iron Man we're seeing here, another Iron Man could get lost. By the same token, it's also a gateway drug.
3: <laughs> Very true. And it's probably the same reason we're not seeing Thor right now, too, because we're about to get flooded with Thor stuff later this summer with the movie coming out, too. So they're, they're pretty smart about the way they're rolling this line out, I think.
2: And you mentioned, you know, picking these up, I honestly think that even though it's a larger scale, that Hulk could go so well with the Marvel Legends figures.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he's about the same size as a Diamond Select Hulk, you know, less poseable, but way more detail.
1: And if you guys have noticed, Kodo is more about quality rather than quantity, and that's why you don't get the oversaturation or the way too many, or just, oh my god, how am I going to buy all these?
2: Yeah. And the one thing that I really like is these MSRPs, if you go to Big Bad Toy Store and do a pre-order or most places, you can get 10 to 20% off on a pre-order on these. So it is so affordable a line. And I'm just really glad, as we talked about on preview night, these statues to complement the shows as well. I mean, they will look so well standing next to each other and I think really complement a Marvel Universe statue display even though they're totally different stylistically they're similar enough in size that I think they'd flow
3: yeah and I also feel like it wouldn't be a, a Kodo segment if we didn't talk about some veins did you notice the veins on this Hulk they have on the paint master his arms are incredible
2: I noticed the wash I did not notice the veins until you pointed them out but yeah I mean that almost looks like a road map on there
3: <laughs> yeah definitely I that's, you know, out of all the stuff they have here, all of it's great, but that's definitely got me the most excited going forward. Well, I actually
2: got a chance to talk to
3: Adi Granoff. He's
2: really busy here at the con, but we have an interview with him to discuss specifically this Kodo line. And joining me now is Adi Granoff, Marvel artist extraordinaire. You've seen his work. He worked on custom designs for the Iron Man films. He's the artist of the Iron Man Extremis comics. So many variant covers that have been coming out lately, and the biggest announcement this week from Kotobukiya is that they're doing their Artifacts Plus line of statues for the Marvel Now series based on Adi's designs. Thank you for joining me, sir. Not a problem at all. Hello. So, how did you get involved with the Kotobukiya statue
0: line?
6: Uh, They just sent me an email one day and asked if I would be interested to do it. I mean, they showed me the Justice League ones that they did with Jim Lee and uh, said they would like to do an Avengers one that is kind of a similar type of thing.
2: The DC line's been coming out for a while, and with the metallic paints and things, and that's kind of different from yours, which is a bit more of a muted style. So did you have a conversation with them about a little bit different style for these statues?
6: Uh, I didn't really have a conversation with them. I think they're just trying to match my style, because I, I, uh, uh, I tend to go for more kind of a muted palette in my work, and uh, generally. I mean, not always, but I think they're just kind of going off of my illustrations, which overall, I suppose, have a bit more of a that kind of matte look to them. And you worked on some of the concept designs
2: for the Iron Man film, so you've done 3D representations of your work before. Was it a little different with working on a statue base?
6: I mean, it, the main concern was just to make him practical to be made into the statues. There were certain rules, and, and the main rule for the artifacts statues was that they need to have the magnetic bases, so they need to stand a certain way on the ground so they works as the statues. So that was the only real, cons- not necessarily constraint, but a rule that I had to follow with all of them. While obviously when I work on movie concept design, there aren't concerns like that because they're not gonna be uh, specifically turned into statues directly from my illustrations although they invariably do end up into statues as well yes but they re- repose them yeah i mean uh, but th- this was specifically i was creating illustrations that were going to be turned into statues the way i drew them so the way the poses were and the stance of the characters was going to be turned into the statues did you have
2: any say in the character selection or did they have a specific character roster in mind that they wanted you to do
6: well, I mean, the character roster is kind of the, the movie one, so I think it was, it was pretty straightforward. I think they had it in mind because those are the characters that uh, public at large are the most aware of. So I think it was a, you know, kind of a, a straightforward, matter-of-fact choice you know, there would be these, these six characters. And you've been posting on
2: your Facebook page some of the drawings that you did, the original pieces. Did you just do one two-dimensional drawing that the sculptors then took and made into three dimensions, or did you provide different angles?
6: No, it was just that one, yeah, one for each character. The only thing that I did is uh, each character is fully painted. Separately, so uh, even though in the final image they overlap, you know some characters are in front of the others and stuff like that. In the original files, they are fully painted, so each part of them can be seen. But that's the only thing I did. You know, they based uh, everything just off of that one illustration.
2: Very cool. Thank you for that information. Is there one specific one that you're looking forward to seeing in a statue form most?
6: I think. I mean, you know, I should say I'm looking forward to all of them, but I think. Probably the, the Black Widow and the Hulk are the ones that I'm really excited to see because I just really like how they turned out and they're, they're two of my favorite characters to draw, so I was very happy with them. What do you have coming up that other people can be looking forward to seeing your work on? I'm mostly doing uh, covers, a lot of these variant covers, because they, they seem to be very popular now, so Marvel keep asking me to do a lot of those. I'm doing a, a DVD cover for something I don't really think I can talk about yet, and I'm doing... Um, a really large widescreen illustration for a series of books that I also really can't talk about in detail but both of those projects are quite big and time consuming so I think that it'll take at least another two to three months to, to get through all of those so yeah, uh, working with uh, some other toy companies as well a toy company called Play Imaginative out of Singapore who are doing all alloy Iron Man figures so I'm doing art direction and box art illustration for those lots of stuff
2: very nice. We just talked to Play Imaginative just a little while ago and saw their statues over there. Very impressive stuff. Really cool. Thank you very much for your time. The statue that they have over there, the Hulk that's painted, looks great. It looks like it left right off the page. That's great. I can't wait to see it. Thank you again. Thank you. So thanks to Dan and thanks to Adi. They have a lot of great stuff here at the show. I'm going to say that I don't know that Kodo gets all the glory among the fans that like Sideshow does. General Giant. I think being American-based, where Kotobuki is based in Japan, the PR for some of these companies just hits harder, but every time I come and see Kodo here, I own a lot of their stuff that we're seeing here, but I'm just endlessly impressed, and I definitely think if you haven't picked up a Kodo item, you don't know what you're missing yet, and I'm not just saying that because they're nice guys. I buy this stuff myself because I think this is really high-quality stuff.
1: We're standing at the Gentle Giant booth on the Comic-Con floor, and what do you guys think of what they got so
3: far this year? Well, you know, it's not a ton of stuff, but the stuff that's out here is, it's nice. tastic, Iron-mazing, Iron Patriot.
1: It is a lot of iron things, I suppose.
2: Well, we talked about it on our preview night coverage, the rotating base. Iron Patriot. Obviously, it's not going to come with the rotating base. That is a display for here, I'm pretty sure. But it is going to be for sale. And it is a very, very nice statue that when I saw it on preview night, I went, that will be mine. That will be mine. And then I went to the Play Imaginative booth, and I think that's going to be a refrain that we hear a lot during our Gentle Giant coverage from me personally, because we also talked on previous shows about that Spider-Man mini-bust, and we're like, that looks really good, and it's been a long time since we've had a classical Spider-Man thing. Looking at it in person, it is possibly the nicest mini-bust Gentle Giant has ever put out, but... I'm kind of also thinking those play imaginative 6-inch figures cost about the same as this mini bust. And I think I'm going to get a lot more enjoyment out of 30 points of articulation on a full figure.
3: I mean, you said it. I mean, nothing in this booth is horrible. But, you know, like you said, when I first saw the Iron Patriot, I was like, ooh, ah. But after play imaginative, something has just taken the shine off of these things. Like, they really knocked it out of the park. I mean, the sculpt on the Iron Patriot statue here is superb. The paint job is superb, if not very shiny, but it still looks great. But after seeing the play imaginative stuff, it's hard to look back.
1: It's not as shiny as the play imaginative stuff, though. That's the thing, is it
2: doesn't look metallic. It kind of looks like it has a glossy paint like a Hasbro figure would have, and you never want to be equating a statue that I'm guessing will be in the $300
3: range to a Hasbro figure. I will be interested to see what base it comes on, because right now it's kind of... is that plastic part the base? I'm hoping the plastic part is part
2: of the spinning movie wheel upon which it is standing.
3: Yeah, so we might still see a base for it, because right now, I mean, it's... It's glued down so it doesn't fall over, and it'll have to have to be affixed to something, because it's not going to stand like that on its own. It also doesn't
2: appear to have light-up features. If so, it's in too early a prototype stage. They also have, I believe it's the heavy lifting armor, which is enormous. It's really nice looking. It is
3: gorgeously sculpted. Yeah, and once again, great details. All the little tiny lines and marks are on there, but just, it's not
2: shiny. <laughs> Here's what I got to say is the Iron Man market is so flooded. You got Hot Toys, you got Kodo, you got Gentle Giant, not even counting the action figures from Hasbro. You've got those foreign figures you bought that we talked about in our last studio show that you're going to be talking about again in the future. There is so much Iron Man. There's the little super egghead statues I bought. There's so much Iron Man that it's a crowded marketplace. I'm going to say these Gentle Giant statues are so nice. They are very impressive. I applaud anyone who adds these to their collection and makes them a centerpiece. But unfortunately, you're comparing. It's almost like being on a dating show and you got to choose who you give a rose. And unfortunately, i got to break it to the Gentle Giant statues here. They're not getting my rose.
1: Yeah, this is kind of worrisome for me. No, you should be happy they're, they're not getting a room. Well, that is true, but I've seen the play and stuff. I think it is prettier because it's shinier. I'm very curious as to when one gets into one of our hands to see what it's like, what's the articulation like, what's it feel like, is it hefty, and so on. I'm just
2: a little bit confused by Gentle Giant's booth right now because when they came out, which was very recent with a Marvel license, I believe two years ago, right around the time we started, yep. it was very clearly defined. They did mini busts. They did statues with vehicles, where it was Ghost Rider on a motorcycle and Hawkeye. On his hover bike, yeah. yeah. So now I'm seeing that they drew in these statues. And that was why I asked the General Giant rep, Greg, are these statues for sale or are they just nice displays? And he goes, oh no, those are going to be for sale. Okay, well those are movie statue licenses. That's great. But then there's a statue that I actually really like of Man-Thing carrying what appears to be a dead clown.
3: <laughs> yeah, not like Bozo, but like one of those... Uh, remember in the 70s, like those clown vases where like his pants were open and you could stick flowers in his pants? That kind of clown.
2: How many clowns have you stuck flowers in their pants,
3: Justin? And did they give you $5 after? As many as I can get my hands on. <laughs> yeah, that Man-Thing is, is good looking.
1: But it's... <laughs> Yes. It's really a big Man-Thing, too. That is, I mean, that's premium format sized. It's the biggest
2: Man-Thing I've ever laid eyes on. I will agree. It towers over Bowen's Man-Thing. If you were throwing out your Man-Thing,
3: this is the biggest. Not a Man-Thing fan, per se, and so I don't know exactly what the clown is, but just visually, I think it's kind of cool because Man-Thing is all green and earthy tones, and then you got this bright clown with red and yellow and blue. I love the pose. I think it's a great statue, but
2: I know Marvel doesn't clamp down the licenses as much as Star Wars does. But it always seems to me that there's these clear delineations. And right now it's like, you want to make a statue? Uh, Go make a statue!
3: (laughs) This is also the first time we get to lay eyes in person on the uh, Galactus minibus that I know you pre-ordered.
2: Yeah, the exclusives here are first rate. The Galactus bust, really nicely done, big bust. Unfortunately, my favorite bust cost a third of the price at Spider Ham. It is so cool in person.
1: It is very cute, and I'm very glad they continued that trend because he is amazing and he's in scale with squirrel Pool.
2: I have an affection for Spider-Ham even more so than Squirrel or Throg because I remember reading the old issues of Amazing Spider-Man that would have like a two or three Peter Porker story at the very end and just be like lampooning themselves back when Marvel had a sense of humor. And so this is a great character. And to see him in three dimensions and to really have the spider face at the end of the
3: snout. It is cute, you know, but since I don't have Throg, I don't know that I'm going to plunk down the cash for Peter Porker. I think I might just stick with... With Squirrel Pool and that scale. Go the other way. Throg's an awesome piece. He's my favorite piece of last year. So what you're saying is get this one while it's easy, and then you just have to worry about Throg. Exactly. All right.
2: The last thing that kind of confuses me, they have a Marvel Zombie Magneto mini bust. And I honestly thought Marvel Zombies were over. I know they still make some comics. But Diamond Select reported they no longer have the license to make Marvel Zombie product from Marvel. Marvel's not letting them do more zombies. The Marvel zombie diamond selects were hugely popular. They cost a fortune. And in a Ask Chuck Q&A, he said they can't do it anymore. So again, here's Marvel zombies. And it makes me wonder if they're going to do more Marvel zombies. Will there be a line of minibus if it's just Magneto? That's really specific for that fan out there.
3: It almost looks beyond zombie. I mean, it's torn up if it's a zombie. I mean, it's Magneto's helmet, but it's a skull underneath, and you can see his arm bones and his ribs, and you can even see his spine through his, an opening in his belt. So not quite sure what line that comes from. I'm not sure if that is the zombies.
2: Well, that will be exclusive to New York Comic-Con. Maybe they're going to do with this what they did with the Macquarie minibus for Star Wars, and maybe every con will have an exclusive zombie if this one's successful.
1: Okay, that was horrible when they did that for Star Wars. Horrible. That bus world tour was maddening.
2: But they're doing it right now, one a year with the Macquarie still.
1: But you don't have to go to like Baltimore or Tokyo to get it, do you?
2: about Baltimore. Sorry to our Baltimore listeners, I forgot you existed. You have to go to Montana. It's a weird one. (laughs) So again, General Giant is consistent with their quality. I'm seeing less of the tchotchke items, no more pencil holders. Yeah,
3: no Deadpools to stick pens in this year or anything.
1: Looks like we do have a Molnier bookend.
3: A very cool Mjolnir bookend. But that's just one. You don't want to have two because that doesn't make sense. You need some of them on the other side to, to finish off the bookend.
2: Actually, though, sometimes it works because, for example, I've always had a shelf, you know, and the shelf has a wall. Usually your shelves aren't open. I did used to store comic books on just those free-hanging shelves that had no walls, and that was a horrible idea that I spent a lot of time picking up comics. But you could have just, you know, sometimes you have a bookshelf that's not full and you only need
3: a single bookend. Yeah, that could be pretty cool. It looks, I mean, it's sizable, too. It's probably a good foot tall. With
2: the base yeah very nice the Deadpool red pen holder did sell
3: out online it is not available
2: did you end up plunking down for one
3: never did you know I, I looked in it and I hemmed and I hawed and now I'm gonna be end up paying premium price for it when I come time to do it they may make more I don't think it was limited to an edition number but right now only the
2: x-force variant is available so I kind of thought that might lead us down a primrose path of pen products <laughs> but no So that's it from this booth. Next stop, Sideshow. So we're at the Hot Toy Sideshow booth, and that's what I'm going to call it, even though it's technically the Sideshow booth, because I was walking around here on preview night, and literally twice on preview night, I got stopped in my tracks. Once was at Play Imaginative, the second was here at Sideshow, I was looking for my lost badge, and I stopped looking for my badge. Two badges, everything's fine. (laughs) I stopped looking for my badge just long enough, because... I saw a new hot toy, which we had been teased, Igor, the heavy lifting armor, and I just stopped, and my jaw hit the floor.
1: It was pretty impressive. I will admit that I kind of went, "Oh!" Ah.
3: Yeah, we've seen statues of Igor now, and we've seen, you know, Marvel or Hasbro scale Igors, but this one is Big jamma articulated hot toy, and that's if there's just one Igor to get. I think this is the one, right? And
2: there is just one Igor, so does that mean you're getting him? Uh, Let's pretend your wife isn't standing three <laughs> feet away. Are you getting him? <laughs> totally. <laughs> is he getting him? Yeah. All right, there you go. So, here's my problem is. I've said before I'm all in on Hot Toys, and I've also said I would like Hot Toys to give me the house party protocol. Why would you say such a thing? You asked me that, and but unfortunately, I wasn't even sure, based on my experience, one, with their customer service, if the Hot Toys employees spoke English. But apparently they do. They listen to the show, and they went, Arnie-san, we will give it. <laughs> But it's like that old joke, Death by Drambuie, because they're giving me the house party protocol all at once.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what can you say? All of the Iron Man armors always are just spot on, and every one of them are drool-worthy. They have the suit armor. I'm not even sure what to call it anymore. Every booth has something different on it, you know?
2: Star Boost is the last I heard that from Play Imaginative. Yeah, but then it's called Gemini somewhere here and there. I thought Gemini was the same sculpt but in a different paint. I was talking about, here's the problem. I'm all in on Hot Toys, and I'm so far in on Hot Toys that if Play Imaginative is going to give me the house party protocol, I can't. I just can't. I, I, and I don't want to. I don't want to have two house parties. I, I mean, have you seen House Party 1? A lot of fun. Have you seen House Party 2? Have you seen House Party 3? They keep getting worse, folks. I think House Party 3 didn't even have House Party in the title.
1: Aren't those guys dead, Kid and Play?
2: No. One's a music teacher in Florida, and the other is... A... But they are no longer too hype. No. Vanilla Ice did win that rap battle. <laughs> But I am so impressed with Hot Toys that while Play Imaginative may be best in show, Hot Toys knocked it out of the park again.
3: Yeah, I mean, like like we always say, their quality is incredible, their sculpts are incredible, and unlike you, Arnie, I am not all in. I just, I cannot afford to be all in, but they had something over there that... I think might be aimed a little bit closer to my budget. They had some busts, not really busts even, they're smaller than busts, and it's like the helmet and the shoulder of about six different Iron Man. I saw that, I'm surprised you like it. I'm surprised I am too. (laughs) You're not a bust guy. No, but you know what? There's something about, we've talked about it before, when it's, when it's an armor, it makes sense. It's a helmet and an armor, it makes sense to me. And they look to be the exact same scale as the Hot Toys, so if I can't have all the Hot Toys, I can at least have the helmet in the same scale.
2: I could see that. When I first saw it, I honestly thought they were going to make Hot Toys bodies that you could just interchange that portion of the armor. And that's how they were going to do the house
3: parties. You buy the body, and you swapped out the heads.
1: So like assemblers, but on a Hot Toys scale? Only good, Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and we don't really have any information on them yet. They don't have any prices on them or any availability, so we'll find out more, hopefully.
2: I was really excited at the thought of taking standard Iron Man bucks and having interchangeable pieces so that you could have a house party if you chose to. I didn't know how that would work. I mean, this was just my initial impression, just somebody sitting at home going, well, it's all totally different. Well, yeah, but I'm just telling you when I first saw this in a Hot Toys booth and I saw these heads that were in the Hot Toys scale, that was my initial thought was, could they do that? But now I'm looking at them, and if you take them just as busts and away from the figures, they're a little salt and pepper shaker to me because of the scale.
3: See, bust seems like the wrong word because, yes, they are their heads and shoulders without arms, but they feel like a place that Tony might rest his helmet and part of his armor rather than just a bust.
2: Looking at the other Hot Toys, I mean, that's the other thing I love about Hot Toys. They don't just do Iron Man. It seems to be they're doing a lot of Iron Man, but they don't just do Iron Man. And we got to see the Chitari here, and he is amazing. I have him pre-ordered. I can't wait to get him going, though. The battle damage to Mark VII with that exclusive base, he's on wait list, but they have him here. It says wait list not sold out, so you might get a chance still if you go waitlist that guy because the— battle damage is so realistic the base is phenomenal he did show up actually the week we left he showed up nice i haven't even had a chance to open him
3: (laughs) along with other stuff in your basement i'm sure Um, Before we get off Iron Man stuff, though, they have the Hall of Armor on display over here. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that just because it's
2: very big.
1: It is tremendous, though. It's a great display. It curves around. They've got Tony there with his little table of Iron Man parts from Iron Man 3 when he's calling it all to him and working on that new technology. Fantastic. And
2: I don't know if I told the listeners or my wife this, but I did go ahead and order the 7-pod, not the 3-pod, like I would said when they first were released. Well, you might as well go ahead and get the full 21-pod,
3: because you're going to fill them up.
1: Excuse me just a moment while I punch both of you in the...
2: <laughs> and now that that's over, we can continue our coverage. I sound like Mickey Mouse. I'm so glad I got the seven piece looking at this. I don't know where I'm going to put it because it's big, it's deep, but... It's so
3: cool. It looks easily stackable, though. I mean, it looks like you could set one on top of another if you absolutely had to.
2: I'm hoping what I could do is extend something. I know I can put the 7 there. The curvature, it's just a matter of length. But then to put the Tony in front of it. But they have a lot of space there. Maybe if I kind of butt him up against the base of the Hall of Armor, like, he's being very efficient.
3: (laughs) Yeah, just seeing it on display made me kind of want to go back and try to track down the first six or seven marks and build that myself, but that's a daunting task and a a bill way too high. Do
2: what I do. Do it over time. You know, you just kind of set a little aside and you look on eBay and you watch the auctions and then you could do it. And what you do is you get that seven-pod set, and then it's going to eat at you. It's, you're going to look at it every time you walk past. And every time you walk past and go, I want a hot toy, put a $1 bill
3: in one of those little pods. <laughs> and in 700 years, <laughs> I'll be able to buy two of them. No, but it is, it's, it's even better looking in person than any pictures we've ever seen of it. And it's, like you said, it would be a temptress. You know, if you had it and only had three guys sitting in there, everybody would be just as OCD as we are and have to fill it as soon as possible.
2: To move on to the other Avengers, this is the first time we've seen their Hulk.
3: Yeah, and he's impressive, you know. I mean, I'm still wanting to see how the skin works when he bends his arms. It's always just in one pose. But other than that, I mean, this head sculpt and the rest of it is just absolutely amazing. It
2: is. Now, they've teased so much more. They've teased X-Men stuff, and with every single person in the world coming back for X-Men, Days of Future Past next year, it's like, I have a feeling that could be our next house party. I mean, Magneto,
3: Professor X, Cyclops, Storm, Colossus, Wolverine. Possibly two versions of each of these characters, you know? I mean, we'll have a young and an old version of many of these, depending on how the movie goes, but you're right. That's that's the next big thing coming down the pike as far as Hot Toys is going to be concerned.
2: And Sideshow did announce on their website, because they teased us with most of this, and in fact, Preview Night, as we talked about, they put the heartbreaker up. And that truly is a heartbreaker. You're coming to Comic-Con and you're shelling out three bills in the car on the way to the parking lot. <laughs> but they have the Toy Fairs exclusive Cap here in his really silly get-up. Who wants to see me pop Hitler in the jaw?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think you've got to be a huge Cap fan or you got to be all in on Hot Toys for that one to excite you, but... Pajama cap is not my cup of tea.
1: I love that pajama cap. Now, Arnie's got a chagrin look on his face. And he's not making eye contact with either one of us.
2: He's got a Migo esque quality that I love.
3: <laughs> it, very Migo esque. That's exactly what the outfit is. It's the Migo outfit. I didn't be the same actual Migo one, just stretched to fit the 12 inch buck. <laughs>
2: But let's look at the other Sideshow items that they have here because they have so much. Kind of like the Hot Toys. This is our first time really seeing a lot of the Hot Toys. Our first time getting a good look at Igor. But Sideshow, they spoiled the house party for their stuff by putting it all up on pre-order within the week before Comic-Con pretty much. There have been so many pre-orders. If you're on our Sales to Astonish newsletter, then you've gotten emails about all of these things. And there's the premium format Hulk that we talked about a couple weeks ago. the premium format Black Widow which actually looks really good in
3: person
1: it does look really good in person
3: I still contend that she's very shiny
2: she is shiny. I'm not sure because they did so many announcements. I'm not sure we knew about that Captain America premium format coming out. It's a new one. The old one goes for about ten bills on eBay, so and they did a bucky cap and really come on, it's bucky cap. So it's nice to have another Captain America comic style out there.
3: Yeah, it's cool looking and you know the the premium format is not my forte. It's once again a size issue and a price issue, but they always look incredible. I mean, the red skull sitting next to the cap there is awesome, and somewhere between comic and movie version. It's, it's a cool-looking style on him.
2: The one that really, again, stopped me in my tracks, this wasn't on preview night, but Marjorie and I were going, I think, just looking, and I just came to a dead stop looking at that apocalypse. And he's as big as the Hulk, so I'm betting he's going to be at least 600, probably going to at least hold off for some more of those wonderful sideshow magic points to kick in, because he is glorious, though. He is... just so awesome looking it's like larger than life i mean he has so much density to him so much mass so much space and the facial expression i'm in awe with their display the punisher he's good he's he's probably the least impressive of the premium format out here right now but he's also very good if you're a punisher fan
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's there. I don't think it's necessarily tremendous. There's not much you can do with the Punisher to make him tremendous. And perhaps he's overmade sometimes, too.
2: But then something else they teased that kind of caught me off guard. They showed a Mary Jane on Facebook a while ago from J. Scott Campbell. And I thought that was very cool. But I had no idea that they would launch a J. Scott Campbell collection with three pieces. It's actually really nice. My favorite piece, believe it or not, Spider-Man.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of movement and a lot of dynamic pose going on in that Spider-Man, and the backdrop on it's cool, too. I mean, there's just, not being a huge Spider-Man fan, that piece caught my eye, and that's saying something, because considering he's flanked on either side by two sexy women, you know?
2: That's kind of the thing. Is J. Scott Campbell, I like his art. I have a Stan Lee piece that's Stan Lee big with Spider-Man and some of the other supporting Spider-Man characters that I got from him at a con a while back. And he does a great drawing of women. I mean, he's very well known for doing sexy women. He also does great men, though. And I think the Mary Jane is awesome. It is a wonderful successor to Adam Hughes' Mary Jane of many years ago that also goes for 8 to 10 bills on eBay.
1: Yikes.
3: At least the exclusive version does. And to answer some questions, there is no whale tail in the back. So.
2: I think they learned their lesson on the whale tail, <laughs> but I think that's a great piece. The Gwen Stacy actually has a great face, a great pose. I like that. Her umbrella is awesome that it has a big Spider-Man on
1: it. I was really just hoping they sell that umbrella.
2: That would be an awesome umbrella. I would so buy that for you and then like make videos of you doing the singing and the rain dance.
1: I don't know that that's in my contract at all. The
2: thing I'm not sure how I feel about are the raindrops that are falling on her umbrella because obviously you can't have things suspended in midair, and so it almost looks like her umbrella is spiky, like it's a
3: weapon. Yeah, it's trying not just raindrops, but rain splatters. You're right. They, They look like spikes or something. But you know what would have been cool on this one? Remember back in the 70s, I don't know if your folks had it, but we used to have a lamp. That when you turned it on, there was oil that came down these strings. I
2: think everybody's parents had that in the 70s. Mine was a naked woman.
3: Yeah, so it was ours. Yep. It was
1: all gold. We did not have that at my house. No. It was
2: a lamp, right? It had the oil. You had to refill the oil, and there was the naked lady with just the towel around the...
3: Yeah, and it it hung from the ceiling from a chain, and yeah, it had... It was all painted in gold, and it was gaudy as all get out.
2: I had to say, I used to think you were my brother from another mother. Now I think it's the same mother, and we had the same damn lamp.
6: <laughs>
2: yeah, we, actually,
3: we still have it in our house. That's right. So that's where it went. I wondered which sibling had it. <laughs> it's it's in our funky room for sure. <laughs> but they could do that to that that piece, and I think it would be that much better.
2: Wow, yeah, that would be cool. I hope that those might be a removable piece. You know, you could do with or without raindrops. I don't think they will, but I think that's a nice, nice line, and I just pray they don't release them all in one week like they've been wanting to do lately with their deposits. Are they just cash poor? (laughs) We're going to get $35 from all of our customers. (laughs) So that is it. Another great showing from Sideshow, another expensive showing from Sideshow.
3: It's an expensive con. It is. I mean, it doesn't feel like there's any one cohesive big thing holding everything together this year. I mean, Iron Man we talk about because last year this time all we saw was the Mark 42, and we were still months away from the movie, and this year is the year to get the product out. But other than that, like, there's no big cohesive big thing to tie it all together.
1: Well, you've got a lot of Cap, and the Cap movie's coming out, but I thought we'd see more Thor. You are right. The Comic
2: Cap and Comic Red Skull now, you clicked it. I was like, that's a cool two-piece, but now that you've said it, Cap movie makes all kinds of sense.
1: But Thor is getting no love.
3: It's
2: Thor
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Thor.
2: So we're out here with Baron and Justin, and the Hasbro showing here at Comic-Con has been kind of weird this year because I think the big piece of news, which was revealed in the booth, just I think they were talking to some website it got out on Facebook and Twitter, is that the Marvel Universe 3 and 3 quarter inch line is changing names. I think that they want to be very clear it's not ending. We're still getting the same kind of figures. They're just rebranding. Like when Star Wars went from Power of the Force 2 to the Power of the Jedi, that kind of a rebranding. And now they're all going to be under this Avengers Assemble brand, which is the new cartoon. And guys, you two went to the panel.
3: Any big reveals there? There's a few figure reveals that we'll get to, but I kind of want to talk a little bit more about what they said of why Marvel Universe is going away as a brand. And it's almost what they didn't say that it makes what I'm about to say make sense. Now, if you think about it, Marvel Universe has been around since 2006. That's well before Disney came along and bought up Marvel as a property. And at that time, there was really not a bunch of movies or anything coming out. It was Wolverine and the Marvel Universe. So now after this many years being out there, like Arnie said, they need to refresh the brand. And I think it might have come down from Disney, they didn't say this implicitly, but it might have come down from Disney that they want their brands to be more movie-oriented, more property-oriented. The Marvel Universe is too big of an umbrella for them to want as just a single line. So to get stuff out to retail also, The packaging hasn't changed at all since the beginning of the line. Which I kind of like. Yeah, but to (laughs) retailers, it's just old product, you know, and they don't know when to reorder, when it's new, when it's old, when it's a new wave, whatever. So from a collecting standpoint, this may clear the pegs out and help us get the new product out there.
2: That kind of makes sense. I mean, Target, Walmart, they're excited to get things that are tied into movies and whatnot, and I don't really follow TV series that much, maybe tying into the TV series as well, but... If it gets the figures out there and they're high-quality figures, I'm an opener. I'm not a carded collection kind of person except for really special cards, so I'd be game for whatever it is they want to do as long as the figures
3: stay high-quality when loose. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's going to be tied to Avengers the movie. It's Avengers the brand and not necessarily the TV series or anything. I think they picked the one property that people know. You know, and if they had their druthers and their way about it, I think they'd keep it under Marvel Universe. So it's just they picked the biggest, most well-known thing, Umbrella, to put it under for now. But, yeah, you're right. The figures are going to stay the same quality, if not better quality. And, you know, the selection is going to be pretty wide as far as we can tell.
2: I mean, we know that there was a change in leadership. They had some staff turnover. David Vonner, good friend. Doesn't control the line anymore, and so now we have new people with a new vision. The reason they had the layout, they said, is they wanted new directions, and I guess we're
3: seeing the result of that. Very true, very true. And speaking of which, the Marvel Legends line is kind of going in a different direction as well. Now, I mean, the quality of the figures and the sculpts are going to be the same, but starting next year, it's not going to be a Marvel Legends line where they just want to do whatever to make up a wave. It's going to be tied to movie tie-ins so we'll see you know just like we did with Iron Man 3 some movie characters and some comic characters
2: which is exactly what they did with Wolverine we didn't even get any movie characters we just got all X-Men characters but we actually had a chance to talk to the Marvel gents at their booth why don't we go ahead and play that interview where they talk a little bit about that
3: We're at the Hasbro booth, and we're talking to Dwight about all the great stuff we're seeing in the booth here. We're actually standing right in front of the awesome diorama display that they put together again this year. So, Dwight, we focus a lot on the action figures on our podcast. Can you kind of walk us through some of the new things that we're looking at here in the booth and stuff? Uh, Yeah, happy to. Thanks for
7: uh, coming out this morning. We have in the booth, first of all, we're showing off our Comic-Con exclusives for this year. We have one for Marvel Universe and one for Marvel Legends. Marvel Universe is the Deadpool core set of figures in their taco truck, in their taco shells, in their taco tray. Lots and lots of tacos because we all know Deadpool loves his tacos. And then next up, if that's not uh, awesome enough, we're going to go big on you. So we're doing the Thunderbolts Tower from the arc where they were jumping through time uh, a year or so ago in the books and in that set we have five brand new marvel legends figures brand new deco schemes some of them are entirely new and most of them are going to only be available ever at the con this weekend so you have characters like uh, modern luke cage you have crossbones with his big old gun that's my edited version um you have judith chambers you have moonstone and uh, last but certainly not least, Ghost, which is the biggest surprise for me in the set, and I think he turned out
3: amazing. Yeah, personally, I'm, I'm a guy who loves the translucent figures. That's kind of my little niche thing, and I was really happy to see him in there. It's really well done, too. Oh, great. Well, and you also get a bonus radioactive man, so uh, you got a little bit more uh, translucence this year, huh? Excellent. Yes, indeed.
7: So can you tell us a little bit about the process because we all have heard
2: the news that Marvel Universe 3 and 3 quarters going to transition into the Avengers Assemble line. Yes. So what's the decision behind the rebranding after many successful years of
8: MU? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's important to let everybody know that we're always going to do, continue to create all the great new figures that we do every year. We're still going to bring out all those fan favorites that we haven't brought out before. We're going to create newness every year. but we looked at at re-merchandising the line to make it easier for retailers to draw new fans in because the one thing we want, always want to do is bring new fans into the, the, the collector zone, as I call it, into the retail space. And the movies are doing a great job of creating more awareness for all the different Marvel characters around the world. And by putting into that Avengers branding, we think more, because there are fans out there looking at the Avengers line now that it's such a strong segment, that we're going to draw more attention to that. So we want to enlarge the collector community. We think it's a huge
3: opportunity with all this entertainment, and uh, we just want to get them in there buying all the goods. Excellent. I know another question people have is that throughout all the different three and three quarter inch lines, there's not only different levels of articulation, but there's also different styles of articulation. You know, the movie lines traditionally had a different style of articulation. What kind of articulation can we expect in the Avengers line going forward? For this new expression that we're talking about today? Yes. That is going to be basically
7: the same or very, very similar to our current Marvel Universe line. We're planning to use those existing bodies in this new line. I mean, as we develop new things, it'll match that type of uh, level of feel of articulation, deco, and most importantly, character selection. I know there's a lot of concerns about, oh no, if it's Avengers, it's going to be Wolverine, Cap, Iron Man, and Hulk. And it will be them. But we're also going to be staying true to what made Marvel Universe such a great collector line and have those C's and D's of Marvel, you know, 70-plus years of awesome uh, book lore. And the fans are going to know what the products are when they get to the shelves. We're not showing
8: any of those packaging looks here, but it's not going to look like the kid-focused branding that you see today in our Avengers Assemble line, for example. It's going to have a premium look. It's going to have a premium feel. So it's going to feel like something that has something special about it.
2: I know that you guys really have a great collector focus with the Legends figures, and I think you do a great job with that but looking at the three and three quarter inch line I as a consumer I'm a little bit more confused about whether or not the collector is high in the priority because when you look at all the different lines and what you did with Iron Man 3 with the assemblers it seems very kid focused and there wasn't even you know the way you did with some of the other lines like you're talking about with these Avengers assemble figures you have the kid focused line then you're going to have the collector focused line there yep. wasn't a collector market for the Iron Man 3 stuff other than the Legends the six inch scale yep. so at a three three quarter inch scale how much attention do you guys think about the collector versus the kid
7: market it's always a balance we play across all of our our branding for all of our different uh, or sub-brandings for Marvel we have things that you know that we develop uh, specifically for a target uh, audience we develop things uh, thinking about the global organization and what works in certain regions better and all of that goes across every little different piece and it's always discussions on all of it what's what is our target for the big big punches for Iron Man 3 and, and so forth, but it's, we're not walking away from one or the other ever. You know, If you've seen the Thor figures in the case, which are the movie figures, they're definitely the most articulated movie figures we've ever done, and they're quite beautiful.
8: I think it's also important, important you look at over the what, since 2006 when we started making Marvel toys, that the size of our collector-focused segment has enlarged over that period of time. In the last couple of years, it's, since we introduced Legends, it's stabilized but we've enlarged the rest of our Marvel portfolio so big that you could make the mistake and feel like, well, you're not focused on the collectors anymore. In, in reality, we're, we're continuing to focus on them, but we're adding more and more kid stuff because more kids are jumping into these brands. You know, we got three animated shows now. we got two or three movies a year in the Marvel Universe. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches. It's, it's an amazing condition to be in right now. And so we're going to keep adding kid-focused product because, you know, that's where a lot of the volume is and, and we're, we have high demand for that. We'd love that because these are our future collectors. And we think a lot of these kids are going to stick in the marble brand for a long, long time.
3: We've also seen, you know, with the movies going back to Captain America and Thor, that the Marvel Legends have started to pop up there in their own specific packaging and whatnot. And now we're seeing some other guys pop up here in the booth today on, you know, the second, third day of the con. Especially, you know, in the Spider-Man, we got the new Beetle over there and stuff like that. Are those going to be tied into the different brands like we've kind of been seeing lately, or are those going to be more in the Marvel Legends packaging? We're going we're, we're gonna to take a look at that.
8: We're having a lot of success in our kind of movie-branded Legends excuse that we did a little bit of that in an exclusive with walmart last year we didn't brand that legends but we did a whole movie specific avengers line we did with iron man this year where you saw a balance of movie and comic characters and so as we're looking to next year i think you're going to see some news surrounding that as well we're going to start focusing a little more because there's so many films it's a fun way to theme because otherwise we're just picking characters you know and, and and that's good but there's not a marketing story around that we love theming around these these movie events again it gets our hardcore collector in selling to them but it's also bringing in what I call our casual collectors it's people who see the films and they want to start Engaging and collecting, and these are the guys that only have four or five figures. And they're like, Well, wow, it'd be great to have ten. Yeah. So we love, that. we love that audience, you know. Thing is, we got collectors of all, all types now. You got the people who've been collecting legends ever since Jesse was doing the toy biz, and we got
7: people who are just getting into it this year. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Look at it this way 10 years ago, when Marvel began making movies, you got a movie here, a movie there. So there wasn't a whole lot of awareness of those movie type of characters, and now you're getting multiples. Every year, fantastic, big, uh, you know, movies. So while in the old days the collector community was kind of like, oh, I don't collect the movie figures, now they're becoming so more mainstream. And as you've seen in the books, Marvel is turning their classic versions into hybrids that kind of look more traditional to or more like what you're seeing in the films is they bring these worlds together. It makes sense for us to bring them together to make a, a bigger story for us as well. Now, I want to
2: talk about just the fates of a few things that we've seen at Toy Fair and here at Comic-Con last year and things, there were some variant legends for some waves that never made it to distribution. And also my personal pet favorite, the fing Fang Foom that was revealed at Comic-Con a while back. Is there going to be a chance of any of these uh, variant legends or the Masterpiece Fing fang Foom of ever making them to market?
7: Well, I'll take the Foom question. Foom is uh, is off the table for now. That was a concept we were kicking around for Comic-Con a year or so ago, as you mentioned, and we just kind of felt that there was more special things to move on to where that would have just been a straight-up redeco. We've been very, very fortunate to have uh, the ability to develop some new things for you guys, like uh, Thunderbolts, you know, brand-new characters for a brand-new team. And we think that's a little bit more special than just another redeco for a big news bang here at uh, at Comic-Con.
8: We always prioritize tooling up new if we can make it work versus just doing a redeco, That's a priority for us. It's been a priority for me since I've been on this business. And it's not always easy to do. You've got to make sure you create the character that's going to drive the volume. That's so what we use our Comic-Con excuses for. It's a great new way to tool up some new guys. But, hey, if we see Spin Fang Foom in a movie, you never know. Right. <laughs> exactly that would be awesome <laughs> that would be awesome and then in terms of variants getting out there we're often at the we now doing suffer because we benefit too but we're at the women the retailers and their ability to flow through stock and make the right product selections so we will make the product available to them if for some reason because of distribution we can't get a variant out there sit down at the end of the year we look at what hasn't been able to ship this year and we talk about how we can use them in the future edition
2: all right guys thank you very much for the time we look forward to the presentation this afternoon
7: our pleasure guys thanks, thanks for coming, coming out nice.
2: take care so we know what's happening with
3: the lines what was some of the big reveals at the panel Well, Build-A-Figure in the mini-form is pretty much dead. After Puck, we're not going to be getting any more mini Build-A-Figures. But we're going to go back to big Build-A-Figures. Makes more sense. Exactly. And I think the first one is going to be in the Spider-Man line. So I'm guessing Spider-Man 2 is going to get a line of 6-inch figures. And, you know, we saw some in the booth that would probably fit in there. You know, that Beetle would probably fit in that line. And that translucent Spider-Man that I saw in there that I'm like,
2: I don't know why we have a translucent Spider-Man, but...
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it looks like they can have fun with it all the way, you know, they can do movie, comic, and whatever they want as far as sculpts go in here. And they were very adamant about saying that they want to get new sculpts out there in in both lines. But the new Build-A-Figure, and they haven't showed us a wave or anything like that, but they did want to reveal one Build-A-Figure. And it's going to be Ultimates Goblin. And it looks Ooh. cool. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, with this big Hulk-sized body and a bunch of translucent flame effects coming off his arms and his back. It, it looks pretty neat. So we'll have to look forward to what line that's coming in. But a good guess would probably be a Spider-Man tie-in.
2: Cool. Any major figure reveals? What were some of the highlights for you?
3: Nothing really earth shattering that we haven't already seen in the in the booth, you know I mean you have agent venom which is in there which is I think that's that's a pretty big surprise Who would have thought that that was coming down the pike? I think that's a cool one. They also showed working figures Oh, yeah, they had a really cool looking Red skull and aim soldier both looking like comic versions, but in the slideshow they were more movie figures So are we talking legends or three and three quarters? That's in the legend scale. So it could be that they're doing a Captain America movie line for Captain America 2 in the spring. Yes, and along with that, they've shown a Captain America in his new costume and a Baron Zemo in an updated costume as well in the 6-inch scale. Movie style? Not movie style, comic style, but realistic looking. Huh. Not familiar with too much about the movie, who the villain's going to be or anything. I wonder if we might see Baron Zemo hey, it's a possibility, or Red Skull again, or some AIM soldiers. I mean, that's probably why they didn't want to reveal too much until after Marvel Studios have had a chance to spill the beans on some stuff here. Ah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, a lot of sense. We're recording this on Saturday.
2: Obviously, we'll have a little bit more news coming on Sunday, but most of us aren't going to be here on Sunday. What about the
3: 3 and three-quarter inch line? That's kind of the heart of my collecting. Well, that's the one that they kind of skirted a little bit. I mean, they've kind of reassured us that it's not going away and it's being rebranded, and they only gave us a little bit of a sneak peek as to some figures that are just in some initial sculpting stages, and one of them is Hyperion in the three and three quarter inch scale. And we remember we just got him in Marvel Legends, so that's Mm kind of cool. And then they also showed a Grim Reaper sculpt that looks pretty darn cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the slide right now. That is awesome looking.
9: One of the things they mentioned about the Jubilee figure that's coming out in the Legends is it's a brand new body. And they mentioned that they've never had a teenage female body before. And that they were going to go... That's because it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> and they're going to go forward with this uh, new teenage female sculpt from now on for like the likes of like, Kitty Pride and other female X-Men or superhero and, and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. And on the other side of that, they've mentioned that other collectors have
3: complained that the females have been too skinny In the past and so they do have a new female body that I think they used in the Thunderbolts pack that we just got I haven't had a chance to look at it where the women are a little bit more voluptuous you know a little bit more of a badonkadonk butt and a little stacked up top and with that one we're getting a black cat Arnie.
1: (laughs) I have a question how can they make the women more voluptuous? I really, I'm at of lost guys for what else they could do. Well,
2: we're in California, and there's a lot of surgeons that specialize in exactly that type of procedure.
1: Yes, but every female figure that they have always looks like there's two beach balls sitting on her chest.
9: Well, what they try to do was round out the hips a little bit more and make the waist not so tiny. So they look more like fitness models than kind of skinny Monster High dolls kind of thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, so more... Like what you'd see on Muscle and Fitness, and less of what you'd see on Vogue. If that were you thinking?
9: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But Black Cat did have a and they, oh, they and honky tonk with Daka boy, They showed it.
1: Tonk even.
9: They showed it on the big screen, and I was like, "D, yes, yes, I would buy that figure."
2: So what Baron is saying is he likes big butts, and he cannot lie.
1: I was gonna say they should have had Sir Mix a lot there to introduce it. <laughs>
3: And then they also kind of announced that the three packs are going away, but there's a few more that still need to get out there, that Thor pack that we'd seen before. And then there's one other one that had, I think we'd seen this before as well. It's got Cyclops and Phoenix and Colossanot or Juggernaut. <laughs> but after that, those three packs are going away for the time being.
2: That's a shame. I kind of like the assortment that they got out. The Juggernaut Colossus kind of figure,
3: ways they could get nice little variants out there that we might not have seen before. Exactly. The nice thing was, you know, they didn't talk about... They're crappy Wolverine and Spider-Man and Iron Man, little non-articulated figures. You know, they threw up a quick slide of the, the Wolverine ones, but they didn't spend any time talking about any of those other things. So they know that the collector force behind their line is who they're trying to make happy. Or at least at, least
2: at Comic-Con. So unlike some Hasbro brand teams, they know their audience at Comic-Con.
3: <laughs> exactly. They know who they're talking to.
9: Yeah, well, the one thing that I noticed about knowing their audience is when they showed that Wolverine, those Wolverine figures, uh, basically the figures that are on the speed pegs now... Uh, It was just major booing from the crowd, and they were kind of embarrassed, and they kind of tried to explain it off as playability factor for the child consumer, I think that's what they said, and then he went to go and say how awesome the Silver Samurai armor was, which got a little bit of murmuring, were they going to start the booing again, so I I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. They know the audience, you know, they didn't spend too long on that, like Justin said.
3: Yeah, they did. They covered the assemblers a little bit, you know, and they're pretty proud of the sculpt on the heavy lifting armor, and and we're going to also be getting a red snapper in that line too. So, but they also mentioned, you know, hey, it doesn't have the articulation you like, but the sculpts are pretty good. So they kind of glossed over that. And I gotta agree. I mean, they look pretty good for non-articulated figures. They look better than the first ones.
9: They're definitely better. I mean, even myself, who kind of swore down uh, those assemblers, I, I would pick up that Igor. And Red Snapper. Those those look really good. And he mentioned that that line is not for the collector. He tried to say it's for the purist. So if you want the armors that were in the movie, basically that's what he's trying to give you in the assembly line.
3: But all in all, I don't think it's time to push the panic button on the Marvel lines just yet. They've got a lot of stuff coming out. They even talked about, not distribution, but case packs. They come from the times when Toy Biz was putting waves out there, and they would put all the figures in the wave out in a case, and also both variants. It talked about, no more of this variant's going to ship later. Both variants are now going to ship in the same case. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. It might make it a little harder initially to get your hands on it, but overall at least they'll be out there. Looking at you, Blade. Looking at you. (laughs) Exactly. No word on any of those variants that we've seen in booze before how they're going to get them out or where they're going to get them out but they're made and i can't see any reason why i wouldn't end up you know on amazon or some other online exclusive at some point
2: yeah they've got some cool looking figures in the booth and in that diorama it was just amazing to go down there and look i mean seeing the translucent spider-man the jubilee legends figure all kinds of stuff coming down the pike and
3: they just keep putting out more i have to make that a constant stop One thing that was missing, and they said only two now, I remember how there was three Jean Grey variants for a while there. They were looking at the one with the ripped t-shirt. Uh-huh. She's MIA. I don't think we're getting that one anymore. Ah, man. Eh, That's all right. If they had to cut one of those Jean Grays, that's the one I'm probably the most okay with not having to see. One thing I didn't have time to ask them, but I
2: just think they should have done, is these variants make that another comic-con exclusive give us the thunderbolts but you've given us three for quite a while give us the lost line
3: give us the lost wave in a box yeah that'd be great you know if if they can't find anybody by this time next year just throw all of those variants that never made their way out there along with any build of figure pieces that might have come with them into an exclusive i'd be happy with that they don't have to repackage them if they have them on a card yeah exactly don't even have to slap a sticker on it to make me happy
2: just let them have it well great thanks for that info and we will have the entire Hasbro presentation for our listeners next Wednesday <laughs> and so looking back at the con there's also a lot of little things I finally got to see monies and labbits in person did you hit that booth Justin Kid robot
3: yeah I did see him and they're they're kind of what we thought which one's the bigger one is that the the Labbit, the
2: bigger ones? The Labbits are the Rabbits, and the Monies are all different sizes, but they're all Monies.
3: Right, right, right. <laughs> the Labbits were bigger than I thought.
1: That just clears it up, doesn't it, Justin? <laughs> you know exactly what he's talking about now, don't you?
3: Crystal clear. Yeah, they are what they are. You know, they're they're vinyl, and they're Marvel-painted.
1: I'm sorry, but the Wolverine one is just disturbing. It just, there's something really wrong with it, and it's... It's creepy.
2: Here's what I found funny is I was talking to Adam Hughes. You can hear an interview with Adam Hughes over on our Star Wars Action News coverage of San Diego Comic-Con. And he was telling me when designing a statue, it has to be able to be something you look at from 360 degrees. You shouldn't have to put an X tape on the ground and say you look at it from here. But with the Labbit, that was the case with the Wolverine. Because when I walked up to the booth, I'm like, oh, it's off to the right. It's kind of to the side. It doesn't look like he's regurgitating his claw then I took one step to the left and oh he's regurgitating his claw again
3: <laughs> yeah they're they're weird little things and I'm not sure how those are going to sell because I know the vinylmation is very much like the Lego thing where they need to follow the rules that they set up and generally with you know these vinyl things it's you don't pop more stuff on there you, you paint it and, and let it be keep in mind these aren't painted these are stickers on the monies the labbits are painted
2: but the monies are stickers
1: no, I'm probably, there's like a Labbit fan out there who's going to get mad at me. But the Labbit looks like something you find at a craft fair at a church.
2: If churches didn't hate comic books, as the people out front tell me they do.
1: Well, you know what I mean. It looks like you're going to like some street fair with craft stuff and beer and everything. And that It looks like somebody who thought, I could paint a Wolverine on this. People like this claw thing. I'll put one here. It just looks like that. It looks homemade.
2: Oh my god, we are totally getting like a garden squirrel, you know, those stone ones, and painting them up a squirrel pool now. Nice. Yeah, I was going to
3: say it does. It definitely has an Etsy-ish type of feel to it.
2: I did talk to the guys at Kid Robot because one of our listeners did write in and say we didn't give him a fair shake. And so I asked him, I'm like, so if I put the stickers on and I give Venom a lazy eye, can I fix the stickers? You know, (laughs) that's my big question. And he goes, the stickers can be, you know, removed
3: and re-adhered a little bit, but you do it too often and you're going to lose your glue. Yeah, and a lot of these vinyl things come in blank versions, too, so you can paint them up however you want if you wanted to go that way, so I think the stickers is kind of like a middle ground into that foray of vinyl collecting. That's true, I hadn't thought about that. Somebody who's talented, not me, wouldn't need the stickers. Yeah, that's, that's what it feels like. It feels like a middle ground. I, I don't want to spend the time to paint any of those. That's quite a bit of work.
2: I also stopped by our friends at FX Collectibles, and they had on display the same Marvel items they had before, and I talked to them, and I'm like, guys... Last year at Comic-Con I bought your Captain America posters and I have spent a year looking for a frame for those posters that didn't cost me ten times what the posters cost. Did they feel bad for you? They understood. What they actually told me to do was cut it. They said that they extended the posters because it is not a true crop replica. At the bottom is copyright information that Marvel forced them to put there, saying copyright Paramount Pictures, copyright 20th Century Fox, whoever, and copyright Marvel. That wasn't on the poster in the movie, so they made the poster longer. And if you get a paper cutter that can cut it just right there, then you have a prop replica and it fits a frame.
3: That's actually pretty awesome. That hits you right in the OCD, doesn't it? It's like you need the permission of the people who produced it to to know that you're not ruining it by getting rid of that garbage on the bottom.
2: (laughs) But then it does still hit the OCD of, do I need (laughs) two? Yeah, keep one rolled up. I think you'll be all right. I got to see that cap shield again. And after last year's C2E2 auction of Doom, I did ask them. I passed on the Thor helmet. I passed on the Thor hammer. But a cap shield in a shadow box could be pretty awesome. But if there are other collectors out there like me who've been waiting for that cap shield, better start saving your pennies now. And also sitting by a computer. They had quality control issues with their China factory and they are not able to get this made in China to the quality that they want for their prop replicas. So these will be handcrafted by an artist here. They are all molded from the original prop. They took the original prop and cast it. This is as close to the original prop as you will ever get. And then, like the original prop, hand-painted. But had the Chinese company gotten it right, it would have been like their other props in the $500 to $600 range. But since you're getting a hand-done collectible, first it's going to be limited to 100 pieces. They are only going to make
3: 100 of these. Yikes. I, you know, this is starting to sound like you're going to drop a big bomb of a price on us. And I'm hoping it better be made out of adamantium at that price. <laughs> I thought that was vibranium. Here's a vibranium. I can't keep my uh, fake alloys straight.
1: You can't keep your anium straight.
3: <laughs> Symbol of American power made in Wakanda. <laughs> so are these
2: going to be resin? I believe so. I didn't ask about the material. It has a metallic look to it, but I think it's going to be resin with the leather straps on the back. It is a prop replica, so it will have the back and front. But the cost. I asked them to ballpark because they're still trying to figure it out themselves. The ballpark was between $1,500 and $2,000. I think Justin just had a stroke. His half of his face just, like, stretched and distended.
3: (laughs) You know... As cool as it is, and how iconic the shield is, I just, you know, 1500 to and upwards is just out of my price range, I think.
2: I'm not sure that I can ever justify that, but by the same token, I'm not ruling it out. The limited nature... Makes it a you snooze, you lose kind of item. Truthfully, if you look at it as an investment, I think the shield ounce for ounce will go up in price more than if you bought that much gold.
3: Yeah, very true. But you also have to be careful because, you know, with some of the teaser posters floating around here for the new Cap movie, they're showing a really, really heavily battle damage shield sitting out there. And that, that one's probably coming down the line at some point, too. But not this level of quality, I wouldn't think. If
2: FX Collectibles tried and tried, and they've spent two years working with Chinese companies, and they just can't get it done, this may be a road they don't go down again.
1: Wait, but if it's, they've already got one that's pristine, and then there's a battle damage shield, this is really easy to fix.
2: Yeah, you drop it.
1: Exactly.
2: (laughs) I'd rather drop the shield than drop four grand on two
1: shields.
2: (laughs) Now, something else I saw on the floor today that kind of knocked me upside the head, Blade 2 high-end prop collectibles. I'm
1: sorry, what year is it?
2: And there's also Blade 3, I forgot. Wesley Snipes is out of prison. This might be the
3: time.
1: I'm confused. Did we go back in time? Did you guys find a portal? What's going
3: on? <laughs> there's some weird stuff over there. Now, not being a huge Blade Trinity fan, <laughs> there's uh, there's some stuff that I can tell Arnie was already really into.
2: Here's the oddest thing, they're making a whole bunch of blade collectibles, there's no blade, it's like they don't have the Wesley Snipes likeness. Yeah,
3: or his iconic weapon. You know, that would be kind of cool.
2: They made that way back in the 90s. I remember we had a knife shop in our mall that had, like, the Rambo knife and all kinds of movie knives. And they had the blade—I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but the the weapon of choice. But here, they have life-sized busts of Reavers and Drake. Not Drake as the human form, that guy from Prison Break. But Drake, all like Prince of Darkness Drake, they were really, really impressive looking. I have no idea what market is sitting around going, I've been wanting a life-size Drake. I want to spend $1,000 on Drake. I've never met that person.
1: Okay, I'm really glad to hear that because I was kind of worried that you were going to go the other way on this.
3: Yeah, it would be really disturbing to have in any room in your house. I mean, it's very detailed and very gory. But I really dug the premium format-looking statue they had there. He had some nice leather pants on.
2: That Reaver statue, that one I could understand a lot more than the life-sized busts. The life-sized bust of the Reaver was pretty cool, too. It was cooler than Drake, for sure, because it had that mouth tentacle that comes out, the second set of jaws, the mandibles all open wide. But, yeah, they did a statue. It might be one-third scale. It looked a little bigger than a premium format, but... It looked really nice, really detailed leather pants. Again, I like Blade 2. I bought the mini bust of Blade 2 last year here at Comic-Con the General Giant did. And I thought that was kind of weird, but it was Blade 2's first time out on Blu-ray. I know Blade 2's a Guillermo del Toro film. Blade 3 isn't. And I don't find a lot of people who love Blade 3. I'd like to know the market for this, the people who want to spend thousands and thousands on Blade sub characters.
1: I really think that you just need to hold out here because what's going to happen, because these movies are how old.
2: Blade 3 came out, God, was it a decade ago now? No, Blade Two's about a decade old. Blade 3, 6, 7, 8 years.
1: Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get some Howard the Duck stuff.
2: You know what I said to Justin when I'm looking at these is, hey, Justin, you've got your camera. Do you mind taking some pictures of these things I'm going to get for a steal on eBay in two years?
3: <laughs> Those were his exact words, actually.
1: Wait, so that means you're going to
2: buy them? Listen, if I could get that Reaver full-size bus for $50, and I don't think that that's a far stretch because I don't see them being a lot of Reaver collectors. Then I absolutely would. But I've seen this company before. I'm blanking on the name, but the Enhanced Podcast, you'll see the logo in the pictures. They did a Darth Vader that was third scale, and it was in the eight to $10,000 range. So I'm thinking these Reavers are easily going to start at 4000 and go up because they don't have any electronics. They're just extraordinarily finely sculpted. If you are that Guillermo del Toro blade fan, well you got what you've been waiting for and been dreaming about for years, but it is very, very strange. It just seems so niche. It is as weird as if somebody just went Howard the Duck and all of a sudden came out with a $10,000 Dark Overlord. And yes, I would remortgage for that. <laughs> That's a scary thought. I'm not going to say what I'd pay if they did the premium format Leia in the duck bed scene. <laughs> And finally, Diamond Select, they had some new mini-mates out on display, always solid stuff, check out our Facebook page for news on that, and they did put out a new Diamond Select figure, this is my first in-person look at the upcoming Thor, it has a tremendous likeness, as good as that Wolverine was for the Wolverine, is as good as the Chris Hemsworth is for the upcoming Thor and Diamond
3: Select. Yeah, it's actually pretty impressive, and, you know, those are also out of my scale that I collect in that line, but I also got a peek at Silver Surfer that's coming out soon. Did you see that in the in the booth?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that one. I think they showed that at Toy Fair, but I couldn't photograph it then.
3: Ah, Yeah. And, you know, looking at it, it's silver surfer. It has some of the articulation issues that I was a little concerned with, but it's, it's good looking if you're into the Diamond Select line.
2: They had a space for Jane, but Jane was not out, at least any time that I was by the booth. I wonder if they're going to put her out on Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, none of us can be here on Sunday. So what was the high point of the con for each of you?
3: I think for me, you know, it's always about the the toys and mostly the Hasbro stuff. And while Hasbro has a lot of great stuff to show us and some stuff to get excited about, I'm surprised to say that the things I was most impressed with and the most excited to actually get are the Play Imaginative Super Alloy Iron Man figures. These things are just... I know we talked about them briefly when we, they first showed up on our radar and we kind of wondered what they were, what scale they were, and how they were going to be made and how much they were going to cost. But, gee, seeing them in person, it's, they're the most impressive collectible I've seen in a long time in any line.
1: You know, I really like going to Hasbro booth, and this is silly. The reason why I'm going to say I like this, you guys are going to find it silly, but I love the dioramas I do every year.
2: That's not silly at all. I love those, too.
1: I love to go and just take photos, and I've been sitting there, and I'd staring at it for a long time. I was taking some pictures, and all of a sudden this little boy next to me talking to his dad goes, Look, Dad, there's Ghost Rider. I didn't even see Ghost Rider. And that just opened up a whole new thing, and there's so many nooks and crannies in there, figures. There's so many funny scenes that they do. I love that.
3: I talked to Dwight from the Hasbro team there a little bit about that diorama, and they love to put little custom figures in there just to drive us crazy. So we have to kind of look through there and wonder if that's something that's coming, or if that's something that they just painted up a different way or customized themselves just to make us wonder.
2: Yeah, I actually talked to one of the guys there about the ships, because I'm like, I buy all your crappy ships. What are these cool Doom ships over here? I don't have those. And the guy was like, maybe we did those for the Avengers, I'm like, you did not do those for the Avengers movie. I bought your race cars. I bought your Humvees. I bought your little Quinjet repaints and I did not see this.
3: Yeah, those are most likely G.I. Joe vehicles. There's quite a bit of stuff over there that they can pull from that looks kind of real-world yet kind of fantastical. I think they had a Jurassic Park dinosaur. (laughs) You know what? That's the thing that I think initially kind of made the Fin Fang Foom rumors start to fly because it's a green Fin Fang Foom sitting next to a red dinosaur, and if you just kind of get a quick glance as you're walking by, your mind might play some tricks on you.
1: I don't know. There's so many neat things. I mean, we all saw something different looking at it, just right now. So I, I think those are one of the best things. And really, the only time you can see it is at Comic-Con. It's not like they have it on display anywhere.
2: They destroy it, I understand, after so that it won't end up on eBay. Although this looks a lot like last year. So I'm wondering if it gets put in the room with an ARC
3: and they just say they destroy it. It looks to be of the same style, but it's, it's a completely different setup this year. They have a different building, and they have a lot more water. And I think it might just be the same designer and the same type of materials, same idea, but it's completely new from last year's.
2: Huh, well, there you go. Could you imagine all that work? It's like spending 200 hours building a sandcastle and waiting for the wave. It's Brewster's Millions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. For me, I think the highlight of the con is always the people, the people we get to see, getting to go to the Marvel Press Conference. As far as collectibles go, though, Play Imaginative, Hot Toys, those two are definitely the front runners for me. But just an overwhelming con, I think it's going to be a little while to see how everything shakes out and see what lasts and what
3: doesn't in the memories. My memories are already fading, but that might just be, you know, four days of walking around and and sleep deprivation.
2: Yeah, I was very happy with the shopping we were able to do. The only disappointment is probably Lego. Tried day in and day out to get into that Lego line to get the Lego exclusive figures. And yeah, I mean, for the people who complain that you have to go to eBay and pay scalpers to get convention exclusives. Just imagine the little extra sting if you pay for your flight out here and you pay for your hotel and everything and then you have to go to eBay and pay $150 for an inch and a half of plastic.
3: Not being a Lego collector, I don't know how that line goes down every day, but I would I would think if you're a diehard Lego person that might be your first priority. You might be able to make it happen.
1: Didn't you go to eBay for
2: those? I had to last year because I didn't know about them. This year, I made it my second priority. Priority and it didn't happen. If it was my first priority over Funko, I did Funko instead of that. And then I did, we did a fan breakfast for Star Wars on Friday morning, so that prevented me from getting there. I had interviews. So the days that I made it my second priority never happened. If it was the only thing I wanted, maybe. But then again, maybe not. Still, it's one of those things. I would have to say, my best buy at the con. I did get that Adi Granov commission I was talking about before. That is clearly the thing I'm happiest to take home. I missed out on Lego. I got this thing, an original piece of work, the Mark V. It is completely awesome. It has all the detail as far as the line work and everything. Maybe not all the colors because it's not computer colored, but all the line work that he puts into even his variant covers. This thing is definitely be something that I hang
3: above the hot toys hall of armor to centerpiece that yeah that thing's really cool looking i mean it's like you said hand-drawn and hand-markered and almost looks like might be like a design drawing for a hot toys concept
2: yeah i mean knowing he does the art for the kotobukiya stuff i mean that's the level of detail he put into this and a really nice piece i think it's my favorite piece of custom art and i'm glad because it was i was nervous the next week we won't have a studio show, but we're gonna bring you the entire audio from that Hasbro presentation along with the enhanced podcast having the slides. And then in two weeks, Justin, you're gonna be on your own. Marjorie and I are taking a vacation. It's on you, no pressure.
3: <laughs> hey, none felt. You know, I'm gonna be joined by Jeff and Jerry and we're gonna we're gonna kick back and talk about everything that we've seen and heard about this week at Comic Con after it's had a chance to wash over us and sink in a little bit more. So all that and more on the next
2: Marvelicious Toys.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel Toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious Forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds, as well as product reviews, on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4. Or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Marvelicious Website Design by Jason. Graphic Design by Justin. Website Photo Editing by Jen and Jeff. Podcast Enhancement by Andrew, Shane, Daryl, and Barrett. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam, Pow, Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lion's mouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at swactionnews.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media, Incorporated.